Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the podcast. I read it online somewhere. Your science questions answered. So uh, this is episode 30 of I Read It Online Somewhere. Uh, we are here every couple of weeks uh, to discuss what we have read online and answer your strange and wonderful science-based questions. Like, how does your body hair know when to stop growing? I'm Amy. I'm joined by two science teachers. Ross? Wait, wait, wait. wait. That, that's not Amy. <laughs> that's Mickey Sorry. Mouse. <laughs> Mickey, welcome. Oh, boy. <laughs> we have been bought over by Disney, everybody. So... Mickey huh? has, it's so exciting to be here. Mickey has joined us on the podcast this week. So, Mickey, <laughs> let's have a big science interview. So, Mickey, what do you think about the big science news of the week? Uh, the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine might cause blood clotting, and countries everywhere have stopped giving it. <laughs> it was really hard when like Mickey just laughs all the time, and it's one of those really sensitive subjects where you can't laugh. Um, like, <laughs> Oh boy, what a pickle. It's when your introduction oh. to the, the the imitations are wrong one. What's it called? Impression. Introduction impression. to impression is a certain like keyword or phrase. And then mm-hmm. if it's a uh, laugh, yeah, it's not appropriate. Exactly. For people it's, it's not appropriate. I'm, I'm trying to think what else what other ones could we have used? We could add um Elmo. Elmo thinks that this is a bat. No, no. Elmo's not really a, a sort of sensible person to have discussing this. Um, I, I don't have any impression. Oh, yeah, that's better. Yeah. Could we have a Kermit, Kermit the Frog? Uh, he is talking about the uh, AstraZeneca vaccine, and um, he doesn't really, again, not a sensible thing to do. And he's really hard to do. <laughs> like, I feel like I have to hold my breath. We could try him. Um, well, you know, this AstraZeneca stuff, all of this information is incredibly precious. Oh, that was good. Okay. Who knew and Andrew had a hidden talent for <clears throat> all of these things? Smeagol and Crumb really feel that the AstraZeneca vaccine information is quite scary. But I think, precious, that the Hobbitses shouldn't be worried about it too much because we're still trying to find all the information out. Right, great. Well, let's cut that and use that. That's excellent work, by the way. And that's clearly not someone who's just tried that for the first time today. This is not my first time, no. 
So guys, you'll notice things are a little bit different this week, um, and Amy's not with us, um, but we hope that she'll be with us again soon. Yeah. Sounds like she died. She hasn't died. She's not died. She's feeling a bit under the weather. So I'm terrible at giving news like that. So, See, when I uh, tell people, thank like, you for introducing me. Here. I'm Ross. Uh, Andrew introduced me well. Right. Well, hold on. You hadn't you hadn't let me finish, oh, because so, I was sorry. in the middle of my I, Amy bit, okay. and then <laughs> we went on and did impressions for a bit. Time, that is. So, Don't worry. The impressions will all okay. stay in the final edit. So. <clears throat> I'm Amy and I failed science at school But luckily for me I'm joined by two scientist teachers Ross Hello And Andrew Oh hi <laughs> Oh we have similar voices Andrew Yes we do Amy But that's okay Because we've just explained why you're not here And um, moving on So our podcast uh, is a look at some of the science stories We read online this week And we try to answer your questions If you want to get in touch with us and with your questions, please email us at iReadItOS at gmail.com or iReadItOS on all social medias so we can uh, start off with our science fact of the week. Science fact of the week. Did we both forget about this bit? Yes, we did. Yes, Let's we did. cut it. Just the two of us. Let's plow on it. <laughs> no, wait, that, let's do I just, the... I just looked over and went, oh God, um, let, Ross has forgotten about it too. Let's do... Uh, let's pick our... Like, try and give me a topic, and I'll try and come up with something about it. Do you want me to just find one? No, let's let's see. Let's just have a, a back and forth. Okay. Let's just have a knowledge of. All right. Oh, this okay. Is like, this is okay. a new, new, new part. All right, knowledge of. Right. Knowledge of. Knowledge of. All right, we need a topic um, for our knowledge of. All right, we might need to work a random word generator. Scream or chest. There's your choices. Scream or chest. Screen. Okay. Right. So, what do we do? We just uh, let's talk about screaming. So, I'll I'll help with some knowledge. So, um, the the loudest noise um that can be made by humans is round about 135 decibels. Uh, so that would be the sort of loudest scream that someone can make, and that is enough to permanently deafen someone if uh, they were close enough. It's not definitely oh. enough to permanently deafen you, but it, it could do. Oh, that's quite cool. Um, right, okay, my little fact on screen. I've got two, I just need to find the other one because I can't remember what it's called. It's got a specific name. I've totally ruined this. But um, I couldn't remember who wrote, who did this, but um, The Scream is the name of a painting, which is one of the most famous paintings that you've ever seen, with the sort of hands and the wavy lines, done by expressionist artist Edvard Munch. Oh, very good. Yeah. I've got another one. I just need uh, to. Like, no, find we need it. to bounce back and forth. I need to come up with one or I lose. Um, something about a scream. Uh, now I'm struggling here. I think you, uh, unless if, if you've got one, you win the knowledge of. I have got right, one. Okay, win the knowledge I of. have got one, but do you want to hear yeah. about it? Right, okay. So uh, my little fact um, about screams is that there is a very specific scream that you will hear. In almost every single movie ever made, going back to the, I think it's the 1950s, um, and it's called the Wilhelm scream, right? Yeah. So it's it's a total stock scream. Now hold on, let me bring it up. So let's see if I can find it. Yeah. So it's that one that goes ah. Yeah. Right. So that is uh, the Wilhelm scream, and it's uh, put in by. Um, sound production as a sort of nod to the original place where this is found. But see, as soon as you know about the Wilhelm scream, you will totally hear it everywhere. everywhere. So you'll see it in um, there's lots of movies, like it's definitely in Indiana Jones, it's definitely in Star Wars. 
Um, certainly in Star Wars, when a stormtrooper falls off things, that's normally when you when you oh, hear. Okay. It. Um, it's in Toy Story. It's in like a whole load of different films. Um, but it's it's absolutely fascinating. So is it just because um, people didn't want to record a new scream, so they just use the same one, or is it uh, is it a, like a not like a Easter egg type thing, or what is it? Yeah, so it's 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 more like a nod Easter egg sort of thing um, to the original uh, film that it was in called Distant Drums, oh, cool. um, which is a stock sound effect. Um, so it's it's just absolutely brilliant. Like, I, I don't know, it's just really cool. Um, and it's one of those ones that you can hear about it in loads of different things. It's in so much media. Um, it is even featured in Red Dead Redemption. I have just thought of another screen thing, but I think I'll, I'll give you the win. Um, but you can Thanks. smash a glass with a scream if you scream at the right frequency for the glass. So most glass, um, especially stuff like crystal, uh, the way it's formed, it has like a resonant frequency. Um, mm-hmm. That's why you can get your, with crystal glasses, if you sort of dampen your finger and you sort of take it around the top, you can make it make a noise. Oh, but you yeah. can't do it with normal glasses. They tend not to work very well for that. Because um, it's yeah. the structure in the crystal that makes it do that. It just makes it all um, resonate at the same thing, and that's what makes a noise. So if you can match oh, that cool. noise, so if you can scream and match that noise, uh, that, sorry, that frequency, then uh, you can make it wobble, and if you do it big enough, you sh- you could make it crack, but probably wouldn't. It would probably just wobble. Oh, But cool. if it had an imperfection, then it could crack. Well, that's quite interesting. Yeah. So does it have to be the same... Frequency. Yeah, it has to be the same frequency. Um, yeah, okay. <coughs> resonant frequencies get quite interesting because it's um, the sort of same reason that when armies cross a bridge, they don't yeah. cross over in step. Like they have to to walk like out of step. Um, this there was a problem with this with the Millennium Bridge oh. a couple of years ago that it, it that... had a really strong resonant frequency. Um, so when people were walking across it, the the frequency of people walking was similar to the resonant frequency of the bridge, so it started to vibrate and shake. So they had to. Is that so that you're you're generating interference? And uh, no, probably not interference. Um, let me think about this carefully. No, I don't think so. And uh, no, it'll Sorry, just okay. be the everything will everything that's made up of um, like a, a simple uh, structure. So not not like a human body because we're made up of lots of different things. We've got bones, muscles, skin. Um, but if you had like a wooden table, for example, um, mm-hmm. all the different parts of that wooden table will have a, a resonant frequency. Um, and if you've got things at the same length, like the legs of a table, they'll all probably vibrate at the same frequency. So you can make the whole sort of table wobble by doing that. Um, oh, that's quite cool. So if you, do, if you poorly design something like a bridge, you can make it fall over. Um, oh, brilliant! And it, it happened uh, many years ago, nineteen sixties, Tacoma Bridge, Tacoma Narrows, I think it's called. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, the wind got it to this steel suspension bridge. It was wobbling all over the place and broke apart. Oh, that's quite cool. I do you know right? Okay, total random thought here. Yeah. Right. I wonder if that's you know the story of um, is it the Horn of Jericho? And from so like going back Sunday school, yeah. and I know we're a science podcast, but just I, I wonder if that's where that comes from. You know how some you know some of the um, stories etc that are found in religious texts etc they have a basis in in reality, yeah. and or, or not in reality. Sorry, we, but should, in, we should in, do a podcast on that. Life. There we go. 
Um, oh, that would be quite good, actually, because well, oh, hold so on, wait, seven let me do of one, Egypt. and then I'm gonna go back. Plagues of Egypt. No, I'm not. Okay, we'll save that. But for... I do, I, I do like about the Plagues of Egypt one, but this one um, is that it go like, you, you know, so they, um, I can't remember who it is, but they blow the horn of. Uh, the horn of Jericho yeah. and the I think it's Wall the walls of Jericho yeah. fall down, and I wonder if it's to do with like resonant frequency. If there was something, if if the horn was specifically shaped, blah blah blah. Now, obviously, that's one that like without actually having the horn, there's no way to test it out. There's yeah. no way to test that. Theory. So probably what's more likely is just, like troops marching around the walls could cause it to fall over. Oh, because they did. Oh, but did, is that what they? And now I actually can't really remember the story, but I think they did do that. I okay. I think I I think I'm sure they the went troops? round and round and round. <laughs> okay. So that's more likely yeah. to cause that to happen than, than the that horn happened. doing it. Um, you'd need a ridiculously mm. powerful, almost like multiple explosions to create a sound that could... All at once, yeah. yeah. But interesting, I wonder though if there is some sort of um, like basis with it. Yeah, if you had like, like a is, simple like wooden structure wall, because most stuff built then was probably a, a combination of sort of stone and wood. Um, yeah. yeah, you probably um, could have... Uh, yeah, if loads of people marching in time or whatever could cause something to fall down. So. Yeah. No, my um my other thing that I was like I got quite excited at is um there is a really good scientific study in the Bible. Oh. Um. So it's like a it's a complete um experimental procedure is set out. Um. And it's I think it's in Daniel, uh, Daniel one. Um. So Daniel goes to the king and. Uh, he basically like separates this group of people and says, "Feed these people this sort of food, and feed these sort these people this type of food." And then he said, "Like you'll come back and see what the effect is." Um, oh, so it's, and it's just it's really so it's interesting putting a control group in and things like that. So yeah, 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 and it's it's quite. I think Daniel's quite early on in the Bible, um. So, so it's like it's quite interesting to see that there is. So it's in loads of people's religious texts. There, yeah. Uh, well, if it's in the Old Testament, it will be. Yeah. That made up for not having Amy's story. So. <laughs> I, I know, right. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Um, so, uh, Ross, what have you read online this I week? I have read online this week that women are perceived differently from men, even when they're robots. Oh. So female robots are perceived to have more positive human qualities, such as warmth, experience, and emotion, than male robots. Um, so, we hmm. see this in stuff like like the are helpers so people uh, I'm not going to say any of the names because uh, um, they'll start speaking to us. Um, but the, Alexa, yeah, those sort of things. There. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> I got my headphones in. Nobody can hear me. It's great. <laughs> um, so they they're all uh, female names and voices because people are happier like getting help from a female robot than a male robot. Now you can change your Siri to be a. A male. I'm not sure if you can change Alexa. I don't think you can actually. Um, but the the, the pre-programmed one is a female because people are are happier and feel warmer and they feel um, better when they're talking to a female robot. Huh. that's actually really interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to think like now of like helper robots that are out there, like even in in basic like sci-fi movies and stuff. And then you've got like the ones that are male tend to end up killing people. Okay, okay, so <laughs> yeah, so I, like I, I did, <laughs> yeah, the the Terminator, 
I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he kills people. Um, but then I was like, Rosie the robot from the Jetsons was the cleaner and, like, maid. That was probably more to do then, with sexism and misogyny at the time. Probably, but let's <laughs> pretend it's not. <laughs> no, let's not pretend it's not. Um, yeah, it, it probably is. was. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, oh, but do you think that actually, uh, but that's a good point, though. Do you think that actually plays into it as well? Into why, into why there is the perception that female robots are, are there to help seen I'd... in that role. I, you know, since we're two guys discussing this yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, with stuff like uh, Alexas and Siri's and things like that, I'm not, I'm not sure. But I, I can certainly see with other things that maybe, like your... Rosie the yeah. Robot. Well, actually, I suppose, th- like, think about it. We've got this, this problem of institutionalized sexism in. Yeah. Well, well you and know, the robots so, were crazy. <laughs> like, automatically, we all assumed that the Terminator robot was a male. And yet, I'm quite sure in the. Okay, now, granted, not a great basis for the start of the conversation, but I'm sure in the latest version that the robot is a female. Uh, Terminator 3 was a female as well, wasn't it? I don't know. Which one was 3? The, the one where they actually launched Skynet. So before any of the Genesis or Survivor or whatever the other ones are. I don't actually the last remember. of the Arnie trilogy. He's still in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, Arnie was in three, and then there was two that where they just used as like CGI stuff, and then he came back. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm qu- I'm quite sure in one of the recent ones. That it's a female. Yeah, so that's, can we think of any other robots that are in stuff? Humans that had loads of robots, but that they have males and females. The TV show. Mm-hmm. Actually, with their main, not the main robot, but essentially your main character robot was a female. Yeah. Um. Oh, is Ex Machina? Yeah, I've not seen that. Definitely. Yeah, neither have I. Yeah. But I'm quite sure she's female. Yeah. Well, I was saying, we're, we're, um, we're assigning gender roles here. <laughs> they oh, are, are robots. Oh, yeah, we are. They are robots. Um, but, oh, Westworld. Oh, I've not seen Westworld. Yeah, Westworld main character is a female robot. But there's male robots as well, though, isn't there? We need to find something like equivalent to... To, like, Alexa. Judge Dredd. <laughs> Sully from um, iRobot. Well, is Siri... Sully? <laughs> Hal from <laughs> 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> oh, the um, the robot from Alien. David. David. Oh, you, that's who you mentioned, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> oh, no, that's actually... No, that's not the one I was thinking of. Oh, is there another robot? But you're right. It's the, Well, it's from the same sort of group of robots. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Is the other one helpful? No. no. <laughs> Goes around killing people. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Is there a helpful male robot? That Tom Tom? Uh, who's Tom Tom? Oh, um, old school. Sat nav. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure we can assign a gender to that sat nav. No, I'm, I'm sure Tom Tom was male. <clears throat> you think? I, I can't remember. I know Google Maps and stuff speaks to you with 
female voice. But then I suppose, uh, but then Siri, you yeah, can. Yes, so, uh, fact, select, sat-navs are probably are you? female voices. Like you can ch- probably change it. My yeah. sat-navs are female voice. This is they're quite an interesting. So, guys, actually, if anybody else out there can solve our conundrum, please do get in touch. I read it os at gmail dot com. Um, Eva from help Wally. us out. Eva, oh yeah, Eva. She doesn't kill people. <laughs> She's female. No, but the ship's computer did. And it was male. And it was male. We think. We're just assigning genders. This is terrible. Let's stop assigning genders anyway. to robots. But yeah, just I thought it was quite interesting that people change how... So the, the study was um, that, that people changed how they like spoke to robots, depending on whether they were sort of male or female. Hmm. Um, so I don't know if like the... Even if you you know some websites come up with like a chat box of like names you you sort of speak to, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if do they, do they use sort of male or female names in them or do they? I not when it's the chat bot. I don't think they do. Yeah, until you get onto a real person. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. No, oh, that's quite interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna keep okay, an eye out for so, that. Yeah. So over to yeah, you. yeah. So, Amy. Amy's not here. Andrew, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, did you know that after more than 4,000 blood tests, it is suggested that our bodies age in three distinct shifts, or three distinct ages, our body starts to move into, um, a, like, aging processes? Yeah. So, do you want to take a guess at what the ages are? I feel about... So, there's three, three ages. I feel 30, because when I hit 30, everything changed. Knees start getting sore. <laughs> sore back. Sore back. Yeah. Just, yeah, my foot starts getting sore. Like, first thing when I get up in the morning, foot's a bit sore, a bit stiff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um, definitely didn't have that in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, th- so, 30 is your first one. What's your other two? Um, I'm going to... Oh, two more. Okay. Uh, I would say, I'd say it's quite late there. So I'm going to say like 60s and then like 80s. Oh man, you've almost nailed oh, this. Oh, okay. So, um, our body seems to shift, uh, reading this wee bit of the article, the body shifts uh, to shift gears three times during our lifespan. So, the research back in 2019... Sorry, sorry. my cat has a magnetic collar and is just getting attached Did it just get attached to, to something? Yeah, attached to the table <laughs> and moving away and get attached to the table again. So sorry if anyone heard that. Man. That is brilliant. I thought you'd drop something. No, it's just a cat. <laughs> See the shenanigans we get to when he's not here. Uh, so, uh, in 2019, it was suggested um, that those years are 34. So you weren't actually that far off. Yeah. Oh. I, I unfortunately am now 34. Oh, no, look, look how much stuff's falling apart and I'm not even 34 yet. <laughs> <laughs> how bad's next year going to be? <laughs> Um, and then you've got 60, and then you've got 78. Oh, yeah, I was pretty so you weren't close, actually yeah. that far off. So, yeah. You know, so you basically can tell, like, you look for. at someone that's, like, mid-70s and look at someone in their 80s, and there's a definite distinct difference there of mm-hmm. someone who's... Of, of just the, this, this like, a changing of, of age, like, the, these... But then, but then also you can see people who are older, who are still, you know, full of life and quite off they go. Yeah. You know, if you look, like, like... I mean, in all fairness, David Attenborough and the Queen, plus then they're both 92, 93, and yeah, but you, you, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't give them a toddler to look after that. No, very Whereas true. In very your true. 70s, you might still. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very true. That's very what true. I was judging on. Yeah. 
Um, you can when, clearly when tell can, that we have different priorities yeah, in our when lives. When can I stop <laughs> paying off my kids to my parents? <laughs> so, um, basically, they were. So, what they were looking at was that they were looking at um, using uh, the proteome, which is uh, how much of your DNA codes for proteins. Um, so they were looking at the different protein levels and being able to identify certain factors within those proteins um, at specific ages that might indicate that there's a change or an aging process in, in some cases. Um, so they took multiple readings of proteins around um, the ages 34, 60, and 78. Now, probably the most exciting thing that I read in this article was that it was discussed around young adulthood at age 34. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't feel like that, but okay. <laughs> Late to middle age is 60, and then old age isn't until you're 78. So do you know what? We're young adults. <laughs> take, that, take that side part, or, or that middle part. I think it's side part. I think it's side part. Take those side parts. Take those skinny jeans, millennials, and live your best life. Because do you know what? Don't listen to Gen Z. You're not old age. But chafing, though. Because like, that's only 78. Think of the chafing. <laughs> that's not the point. We worked hard for them. We will keep I've them. worn trackies for a um, year now. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? I, I've so, even um, got stretch trackies. I went to the shop, got total... special stretch trackies. I can, I can squat on these babies. I can do whatever I want. I don't want to go back <laughs> to skinny jeans. <laughs> well, I don't so want to go out to pubs asked, anymore. Like, someone asked me why millennials, etc., and and being a confirmed millennial now um why we like skinny jeans when, when were you an unconfirmed millennial when i thought i wasn't a millennial because i was like i don't like avocado toast turns out i actually do quite like avocado toast and i do quite like avocados <coughs> but turns out that the reason that we love skinny jeans is because we used to wear jeans do you remember wearing jeans that like would rip at the bottom yes and you just keep yeah. wearing them right they, they were far too long for like your legs and they always used to get, remember they used to get wet <laughs> and then that water would like ride up your jeans, <laughs> right? So there you are, Gen Z, for all of our Gen Z listeners. That's why we like to wear comfortable clothing. Anyway, back to the point. Um, so That's why my new trackers proteins, have, they've got the jobby catcher, the bit, yeah. And so they're, they're just excellent. They're, they're, they're a bit tight. They're verging on the leggings. They're not quite leggings, but they're, they're definitely... Um, a bit and these ones you got at that sporting good shop. D- I did. Decathlon, thank you for your sponsorship <laughs> this week. Um, twelve ninety nine, great pair of tracksuit bottoms. Uh, they also do um, if you want to do a random sport like archery or horse riding. And they do have archery. Yeah, side, they have yeah, yeah mm-hmm. uh, canoeing. Give me a sport. Mm-hmm. Let's see if decathlon have it. Um. All right. Shinty. Shinty. Uh, we've got hurling balls. Yeah. They're not the same thing. Yeah, that's just what the that's no, what the big, Irish call it. Well, they're all they're almost the same thing. Um, yeah, no, actually, yeah. To be fair, to, are we actually going to put this in? But yeah, <laughs> decathlon are great. So go to decathlon like and use it. the codes IREDOS10 to get ten percent off your next offer. You have to go and pick it up in person, um, but uh, and some great codes pay full price and pay full price. <laughs> but please feel free to use that code. <laughs> Um, we're a a decathlon affiliate so when you spend your decathlon affiliate coins uh, we get money so thanks very much for that (laughs) (laughs) anyway so 
Um, they don't know why this is happening, um, or like what's causing it or things like that. So there's obviously still quite a lot of massive questions, but they have noticed this sort of trend of of information. Yeah, and uh, they're looking into it, but they think that actually this might be able to be used as an indicator to see if you are aging, if you if your uh, physical age, uh, um, or your body age is if you are aging quicker than say the average person um now obviously this falls into a whole load of um you know ethics and morals should we have this data is this information that people need or want you know is on to the whole you know having your dna tested etc um do do people want well, to have like this sort of facebook, information available? facebook have so much information on you already why don't they just have your dna it'll make everything better mm-hmm Mm-hmm. but it's an interesting concept and actually falls into what we were talking about earlier with um the astrazeneca astrazeneca vaccine about or, or vaccination really about um people having you know passports and all that sort of stuff and all this information is you know they talk about vaccine passports etc totally but actually all that information is already kept on your record anyway yeah, it's already stored there. So, which, which is 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 you know that's something that's already stored. Your vaccination list is something you can get at the doctors. So it's it's quite interesting though how we perceive it and how it's sort of put out there. Um, but I just thought that was really interesting. Like actually, that there's there are markers sort of distinct and actually, ages, yeah, and, and you can totally, yeah. I think, sort of see that. And when you oh, see totally. people aging, that you do. Well, I, like I, someone that's so, twenty eight is the same as someone that's twenty one. There's, there's not really a change happening there. But you, def, someone that's thirty seven is definitely different to someone that's twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Well, you get you get like baldness week. kicking in. You get grey hair kicking in. You get after the um. No, I only had so it was plant cast for me last week, and I had two celebratory beers while we were recording the podcast. I felt awful the next day, and it was only two, and they weren't even that strong. And I was like, horrific. I mean, I wasn't hungover, dangerous or anything like that. But I just, I didn't feel great. Yeah. And when you think back to how you used to feel when, you know, <laughs> down a bottle of two, two beers were nothing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the I mean, these agey things are important, and it's actually quite interesting to see that they're a lot later than we maybe had assumed. I think a lot of people assume that. You know, as soon as you hit like your twenties, like oh, it's all cool and it's all different, and you know, eighteen teenagers, we we look at the younger points of changes, but actually, they're kind of quite relatively yeah, well is, spaced is there, out. Maybe is there maybe sixty to seventy. Protein changes like younger then, because like with kids, like, if there's a change uh, from like thirty to forty, surely there's changes in kids from like five to fifteen or something like that. Yes, no, there is, there is changes. So these are just However, the changes which, that are looking at ad, in adults. But these are, these are aging changes. So these are changes where maybe proteins aren't doing what they used to do. Oh, okay, so they're starting to die off and be less. So it's, or not it's die off, starting um, to do, not die off, but they're be starting less to efficient maybe, or something. Yeah, as because of the aging process. Okay. Um, so it is quite interesting. Yeah. 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 So there you go. So, um, now let's move on to uh, our questions from the public. Okay, uh, so Amy's not here, so I have managed to hack into our Instagram account and get some questions. Oh no, I've been locked out again. Hold on. How, How can you be locked out? Are you not just signed in all the time? Do you want me to? No, I'm in. Um, it, it, it just reset itself. Right. Okay. Good. Right. So first question. <laughs> 
Where does wind come from? It appears to just appear. It seems to just appear. So, Andrew, you got an answer to that? Well, um, lots of the times when you digest... No, 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 uh, no, no. Wrong kind of... No, okay, okay. Wrong kind of wind. I, 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 knew, fine, I knew fine well. Is it, it like though? Wind, is wind. it that wind? Maybe it is that wind. It seems to just appear. No, it must be air wind. Well, side note. <laughs> <laughs> Farts, as our technical term. Um, is basically just a build-up of the breakdown. So as your food gets broken down into your uh, gut, uh, those that it moves through your small intestine and into your large intestine, and then it kind of just passes out. It's just a build-up of your gut bacteria breaking down. Uh, so it's a byproduct of the bacteria in your gut breaking down your food. Yeah. And then That's you're all. killing the environment. Is that right? No. Is it not methane? Not, not, not with the amount of methane that we're producing. Not human beings. Is it seven anyway. billion of us or eight billion of us now. Yeah, but we're not constantly all farting. Mm. <laughs> That's my brother. <laughs> we're not all constantly farting because we're not all constantly eating foods that necessarily produce uh, methane gas. But well, vegans, they're all over the lettuce. Like, all that does is produce gas. Uh, lettuce, not so much. Cabbage, but you're, cabbage but you, does. you are right. You, you're things like your... You're, now, I can't remember. Is it calciferous vegetables? But you're um, things like, like Brussels sprouts, beans, pulses... Um, kale, dark green leafy vegetables—they can, they can produce that. Yes, um, but again, highly unlikely that we're causing any major damage. <laughs> yeah, especially the amount that we're producing. Nothing compared to cows. Uh, however, <laughs> however, industrial farmed cows, yes, there is a there is a a significant issue. Yeah. Cool. Drip, however, drink, I'm going to assume that, that it's the. I'm going to assume it's the other type of wind. Type of yeah. wind. So I'll leave that one that up to you. To me. Okay, right. um, so basically the earth is spinning around, um, and as it spins around, it drags the air around with it. Uh, and that's what creates wind, essentially. If you put it in nice, easy terms. Is that it? Yeah. That's all oh. our weather, um, our, sea cur- um, our sea currents. It's just the fact the earth is spinning around, um, and it's sort of dragging to the... Basically, everything has inertia. Everything wants to stay where it is. So the air wants to stay where it is. But then when the ground moves underneath it, the air gets dragged along with it. So that's why like the air, um, like where we are, is constantly going from west to east. Because uh, that's the way the earth's spinning around. So the air is sort of staying still, and we're sort of spinning underneath it. And the air is sort of hitting us in the face. Huh. I never noticed that before. Yeah, so that that's why the, like the the Gulf Stream um, of air is doing that. Uh, it's I think it's pretty high up. Um, or is the Gulf Stream the water? I always forget. Uh, but the yeah, Gulf Stream the water, water one, and there's a Gulf Jet Stream then that's air. Um, mm, mm-hmm. So both of them travel from somewhere near New York um, over to us, just because that's the way they are spinning. Land masses do have an effect on how the air and water move, but our we- our weather tends to come from there because that's the way they are spinning. So stuff huh. that's on like a westerly side tends to get like wet, wetter, um, more exposed to stuff. So like where you are, um, yeah. And stuff that's on a more eastern side tends not to be. Uh, it's not just the UK; that's um, in most places. However, if you've got like, like a big actually... landmass like Africa, then that's why the like the Middle East is so dry um, uh-huh. because there's the. The, everything's constantly moving that way around so that the air that's travelling to the Middle East is coming from 
generally, so um, like Saharan Africa, which is why oh. all that stays so so dry. Whereas when you get to somewhere Wait. like India, it's a bit wetter because you've then got um, sort of wind carrying it back up again. Oh, okay. So that is actually so. Uh, I I I actually now know who the question is from. And uh, yes, that's because it's incredibly windy up here right now. <laughs> All right, it's, it's pretty windy <laughs> down here too. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool, uh, Ross. Th- what's our next question? Quite all right. So this question is: How does body hair know when to stop growing, Andrew? Oh, uh, well, d- um, do you know? Do you so have an I, idea? I, well, my idea is that. <clears throat> So the hair in your head grows longer because we, we shampoo it, we do stuff to keep it like being good. Um, and it's probably got stuff in it that makes it grow a bit longer anyway. But basically, I, th- I think the, your hair just dies after a certain point. So like the ends of it just sort of die. Um, so if I'm looking at like the hair on my hands, for example, um, after a certain amount of time outside the body, I'm showing Andrew my arm here. Just for, so. for the tape, Ross said, the hair on my the hair on my hands and then showed his arm <laughs> so the hair on my arm all the hair on my palm oh wait no so all the hair on my arm like the, the further away it gets from the the skin it's like whiter and thinner and like looks like it's sort of dying a bit so i think that just yeah when it gets a certain length it just the keratin mm-hmm Here's I was going to say denatures, that's probably not the right word. Just stops being the the right keratin structure and just sort of falls apart. So, for the entomology, <clears throat> you wouldn't be wrong in saying that keratin denatures because keratin does denature, it is a protein. Sorry, where are the bugs? Um, entomology. Etym- oh, etymology. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You made my mistake. (laughs) (laughs) So the etymology is is correct because so it would denature because it is a protein. Um, It's just a slightly different function of protein. Um, So basically, um, you know, your hair doesn't really know when to stop growing. Your hair will actually just continue to grow. However, it will only grow to a certain length. So there's only so much that the hair follicle will start to produce. And depending on where your hair follicle is, um, the information in there, so the DNA that is within those cells, is programmed to make the hair a certain length, which is why um, your arm hair is the the length that it is. It is the style that it is, because you'll notice that your the hair on your head is different from the hair on your arms, which is different from the hair near your pubis. Um and or your pubic region let's just go with it and um like there's obviously it's coarser so pubic hair is obviously coarser and uh curlier whereas arm hair is kind of straighter and a little bit lighter and then head hair is considerably longer um so again they are um the hair follicles are the thing that is actually making the hair and it's just slowly growing out and out and out and out and out um you were saying there that your arm hair looks different colors on the ends um that's probably actually just due to the thickness of the hair and the refractive, <clears throat> here you are, the physics part, the refractive index of the hair at that particular point. Um, okay. Because um, if you look at your hair through 
uh, one of those. You've you've got a digital microscope, don't you? Yeah, that's cool. Not not at home. <laughs> yeah. So when when next you're at work, have a look at your hair, and you'll see that it's actually it is hollow on the inside. Yeah. Um, just very finely, but the way that the light passes through will 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 change it color. However, there will come a point where the hair follicles will start to die, um, or will no longer produce hair, um, which is when balding will start and hair will start to to disappear. Um. I suppose on the sort of continuing on with this hair growing, hair will eventually, you know, <clears throat> when your time comes, hair does stop growing. Um, and people always assume that uh, when you die, your hair and your nails grow. Um, but actually what's happening is, is that your skin is receding. So your skin goes back and everything looks as if it's moved forward. But actually, it is exactly what yeah, it is. Okay. Um, but these fast-producing hair follicles, and again, this is a total side note, um, but anybody who's getting uh, chemotherapy or radiotherapy uh, for cancer treatments, um, it actually damages the fast-producing cells yeah. um, because cancer is a fast-producing cell and therefore hair follicles are also oh, okay. fast-producing okay. cells as well as um, uh, uh, ovaries and testes, which is you know why certain things have to be done, you know, samples, etc., um, but that's why some people can lose their hair because those cells have been damaged and because they're fast producing because I think it's, it's chemotherapy, radiotherapy, one of them um, or both of them are unspecific. Yeah. So they just attack all yes. the cells that are fast yeah. producing, which is why you can lose your hair. Um, but yeah, essentially your hair doesn't know when to stop growing. It just grows until it either falls out or, or eh, sorry, like the, the hair follicle end, the root finishes yeah so, so um, but most of the time so the you know it's constantly growing or it's it, it'll be constantly growing and um, you will probably have bits it'll be a slower rate than maybe so, like, if your, I burnt all your the, hair. like if i singed all my hair off there it wouldn't like yep. start growing quicker because it's gone no it would just keep growing. no it would just it would still grow at the pace but again your perception of time would seem that it grows faster yeah just because you don't or, yeah, so again, like, uh, again, if we're talking about, you know, if you're uh, a cyclist, a swimmer, um, <clears throat> or just getting ready for your night out on the 28th of April or whenever it is. Um, in the dark. <laughs> in the dark. In a pub And um, you're going to be, you know, and you want to shave your legs. Um, what you're actually doing is you're, you're only just really just taking the top off and then the rest grows out of it. Um, so your hair is like continually growing, but what's happening is that the ends kind of get chopped off. A bit like like our you know beards or facial hair is the same. Yeah. Okay. Sort of way. Cool. Finish. Next question. Um, bit more of an entomology word. Is it entomology? Etymology. I always get this mixed up. Oh no, you've done this before. Yeah, it's not the one with insects. I think it's etymology. No. Um, uh-huh. Where does the word science come from? Oh. I don't actually know, so I'm going to have a quick Google. <laughs> Do you have any idea? Um, so I can tell you like where well, physics comes from. I assume... Oh, I know, right. So that's the thing. I've, I've got that stupid Big Bang Theory thing going through in my head. What is I, physics? I've typed in science, entomology, <laughs> and just got loads of bugs. <laughs> um, I actually don't know. Uh, Latin, where, scientia. I, I, not, I don't know where it comes from. Oh, is it Latin? 
Oh, scientia is the word for knowledge. Oh, okay. So. The Latin word scientia means knowledge. A systematic enterprise that builds and organizes knowledge in the forms of testable explanations and predictions about the universe. Ah, there we go. So that's where science comes from. <laughs> Wikipedia. <clears throat> um, which we shouldn't use, but um, it's literally referenced three times. Yeah, why, why, why so, would you not use Wikipedia? Well, there are two, there are two reasons. So, well, there's, there's a for and an against. So when I would use it, would be okay so i wouldn't use daily it. of my teaching let's go, with, let, <laughs> let's, let's go with why i let's, let's go with why i wouldn't use it i wouldn't <clears throat> routinely use it and i would definitely never reference from it i did that once in my degree and it did not go down well <laughs> um <clears throat> that was on the early days of wikipedia um so i wouldn't reference it and wouldn't wholly use it as my source um because it's um unreliable because it can be changed by your average drill who well, can sign it, in it can't, and, and it can't be changed change easily now oh have they fixed that yeah yeah it's very different to how it was like back in the day when anyone could change anything and um oh basically you get like a ranking of so if if you're a a wikipedia like moderator essentially then you can go in and change whatever you want Ooh. but if you just oh, well, that's but if you just wanted to go in and change something it wouldn't let you it would it wouldn't let you do it yeah well so it still can be changed so if, if you are a moderator that's spent years building up your wikipedia thing you still could do stuff but then you could still could do it yeah but then if someone calls out it wrong then you lose your moderator thing so it's a pretty oh. good system now for actually the the, well, suppose- the content on there is pretty good um uh, and it you well, can't so, just be so, changed by your average joe as you were saying so so that that would be my other reason for using it i would always use it as a starter i wouldn't use it as my main source i would back it up with other things yeah. now just uh, so, sort of annoys me a bit now that because everyone goes i oh, don't use wikipedia as a as a reference but 10 years ago yeah that's fair enough yeah, but yeah. Everyone, no one knows. Not everyone's aware of the the sort of processes Wikipedia has gone through to try and create the greatest encyclopedia in the world. Well, I think as well the fact is though that like again, the a lot they reference a lot of the stuff where things have come yeah, from. Yeah, so you can go and find them. Which but actually, some of which the citations actually what, you look at aren't in it. any better than Wikipedia. <laughs> They're no. just a random guy's website. You're like, well, that's useless. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. And that, I, I think that's maybe the bit where I would say, not be careful, but like we say, like quite a lot, is check references. You know, go and do those further studies. Like, pull it from a couple of different sources to to, um, not validate it, but make sure that the information that you're then taking is sound yeah and basically this week i've been listening to this this is a random thing to come in here but it sort of relates to what we were just talking about there all right okay Um, (laughs) i've been listening to a podcast uh, called how they made us doubt everything it's from bbc it's on bbc signs or whatever um and it's just to give you a quick synopsis of it it's basically talking about how um how media agencies basically throw doubt on science um, to mm. 
uh, allow companies to keep making money essentially. Um, so basically, it was, it was first used in the, t- the tobacco industry in the 60s. And um, there was starting to be research that cancer causes, uh, sorry, cancer causes cancer, that cigarettes cause cancer. Um, but the, oh. the media companies or the, the tobacco industry got together, they hired um, loads of people to basically cast doubt on um, all the science that's um, being done so that people will still sort of keep, keep spending money on cigarettes, essentially. And they did the same thing with climate change. Um, they've um, that was st- sort of started in the eighties. Um, so basically, spent a lot of money causing doubt on climate change by funding o- other research and, and um, loads of just sort of stuff that sounds really bad and dodgy now. Yeah, well, that's that, that's quite interesting. Those sorts of things are really interesting because there's clearly something behind it that is driving you know, those um, important um, decisions. So, you know, there is something else behind the science that is not, well, that is obscuring the science so that it works in their favour. Yeah. Um, So so one of the tactics was they they gave, um, they gave money to scientists to carry out stuff. And it wasn't necessarily, in fact, it was very rarely science that went directly against what they were doing. Um, but let's say the one of the examples they used was uh, um, cigarettes causing cancer. Um, but the, there was another researcher that he wanted to prove that genetics caused cancer. So they funded this guy mm-hmm. to do huge studies to try and prove, prove that genetics caused cancer. Um, and, and in doing that, when people said, oh, cigarettes cause cancer, well, they could say oh, it could also be genetics. So it just casts uh, doubt on on the thing. So so there's no bad science like going on. It's all good science, but it's funding the wrong, not the wrong science. Funding science that can cast doubt on on the sort of main scientific belief. And it, it finished with an amazing fact that ninety seven percent of scientists believe in climate change, and only thirty percent of Americans believe in science change and uh, climate change. Oh, wow! Yeah, which is like a stone in. Mhm, mhm. Oh, when you lay the figures out like that, it is. And, and the America's <laughs> all over the internet, so that's what we see here. Is a lot of which is yeah. So I, I, I suppose social media in a way has a lot to answer for. <laughs> a, a, a role to play in the information that is perpetuated out yeah to well it was fu- it's funny because it used to be because uh, the, the thing all, it all talks about the 80s and 90s and um how it was all traditional media that did it so it was mm-hmm. uh, your newspaper articles um tv cause tv was a big new thing so getting the tv um like your, your james Corden, your late night hosts and stuff you get them yeah sort of discussing it um uh, there's a, a big thing about balance in the media as well and how like the BBC, for example, would bring on um, someone that believes in climate change and then they bring on someone that has an opinion that climate change wasn't real. And it looks like both of those things have equal weight when one's a scientist who spent like five years researching it and the other one just read a newspaper article and said, no, I don't believe it. Your potential grumpy or cranky uncle yeah 
So who is there? So I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. that. So the, the podcast was uh, how they made us doubt everything. Um, so I highly recommend that if you're looking for something to listen to after this. Oh, great. That sounds like a podcast I'm ready to download um, on my smartphone. And if you have a smartphone um, and you'd like to send us a question, then please feel free to drop us an email at iReaditOS at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at iReaditOS. Um, please tell everybody about our podcast. Please give us some reviews. We do like to read about them. Please also feel free to just drop us an email just to say hi or send us a message just to say hi. We, we kind of like to read those ones too. Um, if you would like to um, buy us a coffee, please feel free. And um, our merch store is still there if you'd like to get any gifts for your nights out that you're going to be having soon. Plenty of tote bags there. <laughs> so uh, thanks, guys, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Farewell. Bye. This podcast was hosted by Andrew. Produced by and Ross. Ross. <laughs> Executive producer, Amy. Sound editing was done <laughs> by Ross. I'm trying to think of like another that we could put in like another wee bit. Like, I don't know. No, no, no. Comical right. genius, Ross. <laughs> what? Rude. <laughs> right, okay, I'm stopping stop it now. It. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.